No mai, Heidi mai, piki mai, kaki mai, kia ora e You are on the panel on RNZ National with me, Guy and Espiner, this week in for Wallace Chapman. And today on the panel, the number of Kiwis falling behind on their debts is at its highest level in four years. One of the big fish hooks here, personal loans from non-bank sources. One in ten of those debts are in arrears. We'll unpack that problem with a top economist this afternoon. More migrant worker exploitation, and this time in a visa scheme designed by the government to actually prevent this problem. And concerns that salmon and trout may be classed as pests if changes to the Resource Management Act go ahead. We'll also look at Tauranga, which was recently named one of the most traffic-congested places in the country and a real shocker for cyclists. On the panel with me this morning, Dr Ella Henry from the Business School of Māori Advancement at AUT. Kia ora, e hoa. Kia ora, Also, Alan Blackman today, Professor of Chemistry at AUT. Thanks for coming in Pleasure. to you, Alan. This, this is a bit of uh, an AUT hour, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Go AUT. Yes. Um, so welcome, both of you. Actually, Alan, Alan you, you were, we were talking um, off-air about Tauranga and being the congested <laughs> city and a shocker for cyclists. What was it that you said about the good people of Tauranga? Oh, oh, Guy, and goodness me. I, I just said that, you know, maybe, maybe cyclists Cycling's not the preferred mode of transport for, you know, your average sort of Tauranga citizen, maybe, possibly. uh, Let's get some feedback on that one, 2101. Uh, If you're not too old to get on your bike, you can send me a text message, 2101, and reach us at the panel. Uh, I promised Alan that I'd drop him in it, and I had already. Now, um, from bikes to cars, it's not often the FAA, the Federal Aviation Authority, has to approve a car, but this is a flying car. It's a fully electric vehicle that can both fly and travel overland on American roads thanks to FAA approval. It's been dubbed the Model A, so it's not a terribly flash <laughs> name, but it's a pretty flash car. It's man- manufactured by Aleph Motors. And if you're happy to wait till 2025, it could be yours for about 500000 New Zealand dollars. Hey, Doc, you better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Now, come on, panel, start of a 10, what's the movie? Back to the Future. Yeah, bang on. You didn't even need one of those buzzers. That's Back to the Future, and we played Back to the Future clip there, which is a great movie. Um, Michael J. Fox, um, et al. Uh, because the people who formed this company, right, um, there were four friends, and they were inspired by the movie, <laughs> and they started to develop um, this... Uh, this idea, which turned into this, uh, turned into this car, the the Model A. So we'll come back to um, Ella and Alan for their thoughts in a minute. But we thought we'd seek out a futurist. Given all that, David Wilde is a futurist, and he's with us now. Welcome to the panel. Thanks, Guy. Brilliant to be here. Yeah, what do you make of this? I mean, it's it's obviously not some pie-in-the-sky idea when you've got um, FAA authority to, to go ahead and do this and they've got a launch date, 2025. What do you make of it? Yeah, yeah. And, and now, apologies, I'm going to be a little bit distracted on this call. I'm, I'm just trying to park my car at the moment, but the autonomous flying mode is playing up a little bit, so I'm just having to navigate my way down through some buildings at the moment. OK, watch out for the clock tower, bro. That's that, that's the... Exactly. <laughs> so, so where we're going, we don't need roads. And um, I don't want to disappoint your listeners, because you have introduced me as a futurist, 
But a great way to understand the future is to, first of all, look back at the past. So one of the things I love about being here in Aotearoa, land of a long white cloud, we're sort of already up in the sky, and there's an amazing um, pokotoki, so a Maori proverb, which goes, Kamua Kamuri, we walk backwards into the future. So can I begin just by sharing, go back in time 130 years ago. You know that the media were predicting that the problem was that the streets were going to be filled with horse manure that would have been nine feet tall. So my question is not, will we move to flying cars, but when will we? And is this the time it's happening? These things always have a lag, don't they? You get some great invention, you get real buy-in, and you get massive expectation, and the expectation goes up massively, and the reality of the delivery sort of plateaus a bit. We even saw this with teleconferencing. We have seen it with um, semi-autonomous vehicles, you know, driverless cars, if you like. Um, do you think it's one of those kind of scenarios where it, it, it will happen, um, but um, a bit like Rachel Hunter and the old uh, shampoo <laughs> ad, it won't happen overnight? Exactly. Well, well, yeah, we're to blame for that. So, so one of the things is we like to tell people about the exciting things that are happening. So even in the intro, right, setting it up, it's going to be in a couple of years and you could have it. <laughs> However, it's a critical role to do that because if we don't become aware of the stuff happening, we don't have time to debate it and think about it and adjust. So on the one hand, we may be flying rather than driving on the road. However, you can then sort of go, mm, will you need a pilot's licence? Uh, no, we're going to need some other form of licensing. Ah, if we manage to crash our cars, are we going to be happy with crashing our planes? I oh, know we need them autonomously controlled. Hang on, who's going to be controlling them, the individual or the government, and how safe is all of that going to be? So I think the panel and that kind of debate is a really important one. And, and what you were talking about, Guy, has actually got a phrase. It's called the trough of disillusionment. So <laughs> the trough go, oh, of disillusionment. That was yeah. me all of yesterday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, no, is that the phrase? Because I, I, I've seen that. It, so, so that's the difference between the expectation of the tech, um, the tech advance mm. and the reality, is it? Yeah, and, and, and it's often it's an old-fashioned phrase, the last mile rather than the last kilometre. But if you think with autonomous vehicles, right, self-driving vehicles, are they happening? Yes. Can we put them out onto the street? No. Are they more reliable than human drivers? Perhaps. But are we happy with the regulation and to take that sort of risk? There's a German economist, Rudy Dornbusch, who famously once said that things take a lot longer to happen than you think they will, and then they happen faster than you thought they ever could. That's bang on. I love that. Let's go to Ella Henry. Ella, what could possibly go wrong? Well, I'm I'm old enough to remember the Jetsons, oh, I was and I hands are going that, up in the Auckland studio. That's, too. that's Many fifty of years ago. <laughs> I was very excited. <laughs> yeah, but what worries me a teeny tiny bit with jetpacks and flying cars is that we may be so entertained with circuses that we are not noticing that Rome is burning. 
And, um, you know, the planet is in a bit of a dire state, so more toys and baubles is not necessarily going to change No, well, that. this one is a fully electric vehicle, I'm told. So, you know. which, re- which requires children to be enslaved in cobalt mines in Africa. So, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, possibly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to malign LF Motors. Uh, they've probably got a fair bit of money in the bank. Um, Alan, you, you know, having m- maligned the good people of Tauranga on, on their bikes, would you jump into one of these guys, the um, uh, the Model A? Oh, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. But, um, okay, so it's got a ground speed of like 25 miles an hour, apparently. Uh, yeah, so... I didn't look at the fine print. Uh, I'd already signed up, 500,000. <laughs> but then, of course, you're sitting in a traffic jam and think, oh, well, you know, hell, I'll just take off yeah. and, and do that. But you've got all those overhead wires above you, don't yeah. you? And you've yeah. got, you know... Holes and and all of these things that you've got to avoid yeah. trees. We this, wouldn't that, need the, the second harbour crossing if if no, they true. took off yeah. in Auckland. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> oh the, uh, the, it's dad jokes all week. It's a school. It's a school holidays. Um, what have we been thinking about this week, Ella? Um, so I, the reason I'm working from home today, unfortunately, and not with you in the studio, is that I've been wrapping up a, a research project on Mātauranga Māori in the media, um, and it's you know, commissioned research for government agencies, so I can't go into much detail. But one of the things I've found talking to Māori around the country is that there's a range of innovative strategies for enhancing te reo tikanga and mātauranga in the media. So it's been a real privilege, uh, and it fills me with optimism about the ways that te reo menga tikanga and mātauranga are actually contributing to our unique identity and media, whether it's radio, television or film, is playing such an important role Mm. in that evolution, even though sometimes there are people who are just because I say kia ora. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, we've had a bit of pushback over the years too. Um, but how are, we do, how are we doing? How are we doing in terms of uh, of the real and uh, tikanga uh, in the well, media? I, I- I'm a glass half full kind of gal, despite my previous statement. Um, and I do think that there's a growing number of people who are growing up in a world that take it for granted that they will understand the haka, that they will appreciate and they'll say kia ora. And, and that's changed the very fibre and DNA of our country in a way that I think is really positive and affirming for not just Maori culture and identity, but all the diverse cultures that we represent. Yeah, you look at um, you look at a phrase like ihaireakine, like coming up. Now, be, I reckon hundreds of thousands of New Zealanders would now know that phrase because it's used all the time on all the media now. All, all the all the presenters say, and and every year it seems to add a bit of a little bit more sophistication um, comes into mainstream use of it, eh? Absolutely, and 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 it's so unconscious for many people that. You know, I, I, I listened to the radio and I, uh, even today, was listening to the chap who was speaking before and he was using a whakatoki to, to describe a, a, a concept and he was clearly not Māori and, yes. and that's the nature of this wonderful new country that we are forming together, people like you and I, Guy. On. Yeah, cool. That's, that's nice. Uh, Alan, what have you, what's been <clears throat> occupying your mind? Oh, many things, mm. but um, when I got called in at the last minute, I had to think of something. <laughs> <laughs> You're so, not supposed to give that away. Oh, sorry, sorry. But um, no, well, it's July the 4th, so why don't we celebrate somebody American today? And um, this guy has got the best name. Um, his name is John B. Goodenough, mm. which is just a fabulous name. And unfortunately, he died uh, a couple of Sundays ago, mm. uh, aged 100. Wow. 
And uh, so he, he made the big three figures. But um, the reason I've been thinking about him is because he changed the world. Um, and probably everybody listening out there right now will have used something that is powered by his um, yeah. discovery uh, many times a day, many, many, many times, and that is the lithium-ion battery. Now, notwithstanding Ella's comments about um, children being um, slave mining and, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he really did change the world because in the late 70s, early 1980s, uh, he was working on battery technology and he managed to figure out that using uh, a compound containing both lithium and cobalt, <laughs> dare I say it, um, would be very, very useful. Um, and, you know, you've got your big old lead batteries that were heavy as anything. Lithium's a hell of a lot lighter than lead. Um, and so, therefore, the rest basically was history. And he got awarded the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 2019. Lots of people had been advocating for him many years before that. 2019, he got it. He was 97 years old, for goodness sake, when he won the Nobel Prize oh. in Chemistry. Wow. So when did, um, just, we've only got a minute or so, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really fascinating. Um, when did he kind of make that discovery? Yeah, well, sort of sort of late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, and just he, for those of us who wanted to do late, who, who are worried about late blooming. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so I guess he would have been sort of 50-ish, something like that, oh, 50, 60, yeah, something yeah, like that at that stage. Yeah. So very, very quickly, some people yep. who hate electric cars say to me, oh, yeah, but you think you're saving the environment, mm. but, but actually... Actually, these batteries are dreadful and you can't, you know, you can't get rid of them and stuff. Is yep. that true? No. Well, I mean, people talk about lithium and, mm. and the um, deposits of it and how it's ruining the environment and everything. So therefore, people are now working on sodium batteries. Oh. Uh, and sodium is obviously ubiquitous, much more so than lithium. And so that's probably going to be the next big thing. So what would you power your uh, flying car with? Oh, boy, dilithium crystals? I don't know. Oh, yeah. It sounds dangerous if you go wrong. Hey, look, we'll get back to uh, we'll get back to Ella and Alan after the news and things. And just coming up to four o'clock, what's your views on um, on, on whether you whether you do a flying car and also on um, on the credit? Was that what we yeah we were going to ask people that? Um, what do you think about that? We've got um, one in ten personal loans uh, in default and in arrears. If you've got a personal loan story, let us know. 2101 on the panel.